Welcome to Frankly Judaic, a podcast that explores cutting-edge Judaic studies research conducted at the University of Michigan. When waves of East European Jews immigrated to the United States during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, they had to adapt to a new way of life, new kinds of work, new and usually pretty horrible living conditions, and new foods. Jewish diets in the shtetls and cities of Eastern Europe were pretty limited, but in the New World, they encountered all sorts of options and food trends, including vegetarianism. And in fact, during this period, there was rising interest in vegetarianism and health food among some Yiddish writers and journalists. Der vegetarischer Gedank, there is der Vegetarier, there is der Naturistenvegetarier. Unser Gesund is a journal devoted to health which speaks about all issues related to health, but also promotes vegetarianism. This is Eve Jacknowitz, a Frankel Fellow and an expert on Jewish food. She says that there were also a number of Yiddish vegetarian cookbooks, such as Lena Brown's Cookbook for Gesundheit, or Cookbook for Health, which was published in 1930. When Brown came to New York from Eastern Europe, she was alarmed by the exhausting nature of factory work and felt that she and her fellow immigrants were being alienated from nature and from healthful, natural foods. She urges a more natural diet, a vegetable diet, and she also has some wonderful ideas uh, for staying healthy. She has a list of many different kinds of baths, uh, hot baths, cold baths, steam baths, and an air bath, which is walking around naked for at least a couple of minutes every day. Jewish interest in healthful eating arose mainly after World War I, a period of crisis and upheaval, but also of optimism and faith that a brighter future beckoned. Yiddish poets and writers picked up on the theme. Morris Winchewski wrote a famous song that begins with the line, O oh, die Welt wird werden jünger und das Leben leichter gringer. The world will become younger and life easier. It was also a period of growing faith in science to help people live better, cleaner, and healthier lives, in part by providing cleaner and more nutritious food. The idea that food can be purer, cleaner, more sterile, that science can conquer agriculture, that the chemist's flask could replace a thousand farms, this was good news. Rising interest in vegetarianism was part of the larger wellness trend of the period. Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, the inventor of cornflakes breakfast cereal and a healthy living guru of the time, was a leading proponent of vegetarianism. Now, it's impossible to say how popular vegetarianism was among Jews in America, but their trend was widespread enough that it caught the attention of the Yiddish press. In most ways, Yiddish newspapers such as the Forward and the Freiheit were radical and progressive in their politics, but when it came to vegetarianism, the press was alternately alarmed and amused. For example, the journal Der Shegetz published a cartoon playing off the Jewish high holiday custom of waving a chicken over the head and reciting a formula that would displace your sins onto the chicken. In this cartoon, the Freidenker, the freethinker, is not waving the chicken around over his head, but he is placing his palms over the chicken's head in the gesture of benediction. And he is saying... You have, my dear rooster, a happy, joyful year. 
sollst nicht wissen von kein Bees und von kein Umglück und ich soll sein dein Kapare. May you not know from any misfortune or evil and may I be your Kapare, may I be sacrificed on your behalf. The cartoon was meant to make vegetarians look mildly ridiculous. In traditional Jewish cooking, after all, chickens were for eating. Some articles took a more serious tone, expressing concern about the threat that a meatless health food diet posed to traditional Jewish cuisine. In 1929, a piece in the English-language supplement to the foreword lamented that the almighty salad and foods like mayonnaise were replacing Jewish foods like gefilte fish. Instead of delicious goose fat, Jewish housewives were using Crisco to grease their pans, a shanda. But if some Yiddish-speaking Jews of the period found meaning in vegetarianism, in a way they were tapping into the ancient Jewish tradition of endowing food with special meaning and of equating the study of sacred texts with nourishment. For example, in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet is said to eat a Torah scroll. Not a metaphorical scroll. Uh, we understand he actually eats a whole Torah, and he reports that it is sweet and delicious. Similarly, when Jewish kids first learned the Hebrew alphabet, traditionally each letter was accompanied with a taste of honey to equate the Jewish language with sweetness. And of course, Judaism has many rules and regulations governing food. Only certain animals are deemed kosher and fit to eat, slaughtering animals has to happen in a certain way, and so on. Religious Jews say a blessing before eating and drinking, and most Jewish holidays and rituals involve food. Now, vegetarianism was not part of traditional Judaism, but its leading practitioners, Jews and non-Jews alike, likely attributed some greater meaning to eating a vegetable-based diet. Not because of some irrational, outmoded religion, but for the rational and scientific reasons that vegetarianism is the healthful and most rational way to eat. And so they might have selected a diet which is very close to kashris, uh, but have made up completely different reasons for it. In a larger sense, Jewish interest in vegetarianism was a part of Jews in the New World wanting to try new things and embrace new ideas that would lead to a better life. The early 20th century was in many ways a time of crisis. Food shortages were common. Illness caused by impure or spoiled food was a growing problem. And of course, the death toll and general devastation of the First World War was horrifying. And so there was great interest among Jews and non-Jews in forward-thinking theories and ways of living that promised a better future. It is a moment when publication, both in Yiddish and in other languages, is exploding. Uh, it's not just all of these vegetarian journals. There are women's journals. There are literary journals there are so many uh, new magazines and newspapers. People are reading and writing and just taking an interest in the world uh, in a literary way that we have not seen, I think, in any other period. So in the end, looking at interest in vegetarianism among Jewish immigrants to America helps us understand that Jewish cuisine of the early 20th century was more diverse and more interesting than we may assume. Jewish cooks were discovering salsify, Jerusalem artichokes, asparagus, trying interesting manufactured products like cornflakes, strolling into Chinese restaurants and inventing their own dishes completely out of thin air. That does it for this episode of Frankly Judaic, a production of the Gene and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. 
The executive producer of Frankly Judaic is Jeffrey Weidlinger, the director of the Frankel Center. You can find the Frankly Judaic podcast anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And we hope you'll leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.